I'm high above First Street South and uh, I'm not good at this, Minneapolis. This is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy and I make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are naming things and rhythm games. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start. So tired. <laughs> Uh, are, are you okay, Martha? Yes, I just I forgot about daylight savings time. Right, and uh, which is when we're recording. And yeah. uh, I uh, stayed up watching Voyager episodes last night, and <laughs> was like, I'm just staying up till two. It's fine. And then I was like, Oh no, I stayed up till three. <laughs> Great. <sighs> yeah, daylight savings has a way. We should just we should just abolish it. That's what I'm saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> On the record. Abolish daylight savings time. Uh But you want it abolished in the opposite way most people do. Yes, I want it to go to regular time because I wake up late. And if we put daylight savings time all the time, I'll be permanently an hour (laughs) more behind. You'll never, ever get used to it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm sort of making fun of you, but also like that could happen to me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Steven. (laughs) It's fine. I would get used to either one, really. Like, I don't mind it being super dark. Uh, in the morning because mm-hmm. uh, like I mean when you wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning it's always dark so <laughs> it doesn't matter to me that much <laughs> speaking of Star Trek <laughs> give uh, him a minute and he's always going to talk yeah, about it yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess when listeners hear this uh, the Star Trek Picard will be almost completed its first season but from where we're sitting episode 7 just aired and it was real real good yeah yeah, it was the return the return of Riker and Troy for next oh, generation fans. Okay. It was one of those like they've been sort of peppering in references to the old shows, of course, like yeah. any nostalgia revival does. Right. Um, but then they'll occasionally bring back one of the old cast, and this one uh, was good, not just for that. And I was kind of like, oh, that'll be fun, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the episode itself was like a powerhouse piece of storytelling, mm, okay. like a little bit. I think the show it's heavily serialized, but the show does best when it tells a little complete story. Yeah. There's been three episodes uh, up to now that are like that, where it's part of the larger arc, but then they actually do kind of, it is almost episodic. You could show it to someone and they'd be like, what's the ongoing storyline? And they don't have to know necessarily to get the the uh, meat of that episode. And this was one of those. Very, very good. So oh, anyone who's nice. been like, you know, sleeping on Star Trek Picard because they don't want to, you know, join up CBS All Access, find a friend, get their password. <laughs> I mean, or sign up for it. It's your yeah. call, right? Um, and uh, and and watch it. It's real, real good. I, okay. And it's funny because I I I've been kind of wishy washy on the series as a whole. Oh. Like I love, love, love lots of parts of it, right? And I'm like really just like Meh, with other parts of it. Uh-huh. I don't love how intensely serialized it is. Yeah, it is the ten hour movie trope. I don't love that. Right. Okay. Um, and as a Star Trek fan, like you know, a, a nitpicker, I was like, I'm like, Meh, you know, uh huh. I can get over that. Mm. Um, but there are some things that I don't, I just don't love about the show. Um, not enough for me to say I have any real problem with it. Um, but then occasionally it'll do one of these episodes. It's just like, oh, this is amazing. Mm. Uh, excellent performances, the writing, all top notch. So if you did not have a background in Star Trek, <coughs> uh, <laughs> would you, would, could I imagine such a person? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> would you still be able to enjoy this episode? 
Uh, yes, I think so. Okay. Um, I think it is. It does help knowing some of the history of the characters because right. the one of the things I love about it is that it's a revival. It's a twenty years later revival, right? Yeah. So what's happened a lot with in television is you'll just pick up with these characters and like nothing will have changed mm-hmm. because the viewers want the old show, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, the thing that Picard does really well is it is it not only is not at all the old show mm. is that all the all the characters and circumstances have changed so much. That they all the actors I think imagine are, are probably very excited to like do new things, yeah. But then also the writers as well, and then you get little hints of what happened in the last twenty years. Yeah. Sometimes very explicitly you find out, and other times just little teeny hints. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really great way to do a revival like this. Okay. Um, and with Star Trek, with so much history, and with a lot of its audience really knowing all the details, it's a good way to do it. But I've been hearing um, from a lot of reviewers and from people who talk about the show. Um, uh, that uh, new viewers who've never seen Star Trek before uh, actually are quite are finding quite a lot of it on its own, and then just missing all the old references. Okay, but it's never dependent on that. Yeah, okay. so that's kind of exciting, and it bodes well for like the future of Star Trek. You know, and I think I don't know if I've said it on the show before, but like I'm just like if it's new Star Trek, I like it. I don't. It doesn't have to be great. Yeah, like I'm just happy it exists. I, I'm not that so protective of it. It's like it's better than not having it, even yeah. if it's not great. So when it is great, like it was this week, like fantastic. Mm. So okay, cool. Yeah, we'll see if I watch it. Yeah, Mar- <laughs> Martha, you would be watching it, but you have another way of catching up. Yeah, I've been listening to the Greatest Discovery some more because they're doing Picard mm-hmm. also, and yeah. So you're just getting recaps, yes, and it's it's almost as good. You think? Well, I mean, like, there's I get concerned about spoilers, but then I have to remember, like, you know, actually listening. Listening to the podcast is spoiling everything, mm-hmm. but it's also okay. Like, I feel like I would watch these episodes anyway. Uh-huh. And like, just, it's like watching a prequel before the sequel or whatever. Yeah. You just get the things in a different order. Like you still get the jokes, but you get the, the references, but you get them op- the opposite way. Yeah. 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 There's definitely some things that are better the second time you watch it. And so, which, which basically means that spoilers don't matter. Yeah. Right. And so in, in your case, the first time you watch it, it's almost like the second time you watch it, but you get to watch it for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's best of both worlds. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's an experiment. I'm going to, yeah. I think I, I mean, should watch you, it. And you, you stayed up really late watching Voyager and you had already yeah. seen all of that. So, I mean, <laughs> yes. And it's great every time. Yeah. And I will say, I, I don't know how much you hear about this in the recap podcast, but um, this show is lousy with Voyager references. Like it's oh. got so many of them <laughs> because on the writing staff is it's Kristen, Kristen Byer, Byer yeah. who wrote a lot of the Voyager novels. And uh, she's also one of the co-creators of the, of the show. And she's what they call the keeper of the canon. Like, if they have a nerdy question about some Star Trek tech, she's the one who knows. Mm. And she's so immersed in Voyager compared to the rest of the Star Trek shows that they're every every episode has, like, four <laughs> or five Voyager references. Amazing. And, and me, who's like, I don't love Voyager. And, and like, there is not a single DS9 reference to be found. Oh, yeah. Like, you know. It does suck. They're all just cute references. So it's totally fine. But it is kind of amazing how many they dump in there. Like, if, if you're looking for fan service... If you're a Voyager fan, that you'll find it, right? <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Anyway. Do we have anything else to talk about, or are we, are we done? Uh, we have more to talk about, Mark. <laughs> I mean, fine. Have you ever uh, just decided to spend $200 on a controller before? 
Um, I've spent that much, but it was I got multiple controllers. <laughs> oh, so it's just me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I bought the what's it the Xbox Elite Pro Series Two controller thing. Mm-hmm. Nice. At yeah. least one of those words is not in that name. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds correct. Yeah, I don't know. I paid $200 for it. I don't need to know the name. <laughs> <laughs> you can call it whatever you want. You paid for the privilege. Exactly. <laughs> um, I like it. It's just, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I like the Xbox One controller enough, but like, I'm not a huge fan of the stick. I think that oversells how much you like that controller because you, you don't like that controller. I don't dislike it. Okay. It's literally just the stick. Oh, man, it's Okay. There's this one perfect controller. It had the perfect stick. It was nice and wide. It was a nice wide and like low to the controller stick. Uh-huh. So I just felt like I could be very precise with it, but I didn't have to push too hard to like move it. Um, and I haven't been able to find something since. Wait, what is this fabled controller? Uh, it was a Power A controller, and I think uh-huh. Power A controllers are not super high in quality. So like I bought it twice, and they broke in both times. Oh, uh, okay. So they were just it had some qualities, but it didn't have all the qualities. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So I, I got the, I've been looking for a new controller because uh, the one I have is kind of like a cheap knockoff, even cheaper than the Pro, the uh-huh. Power A controller. And I'm sick of it, so I'm trying to get a new one. And so I got this one. Um, and I like it because there's a lot of like things you can adjust. You can like change all the control, like the control stick. Like you can change it to be like convex instead of concave, like normal mm-hmm. uh, sticks are. And stuff. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and uh, and it has like a unique D-pad that I actually kind of like. The um, it's got like a it's like a octagonal shape sort of thing and it's like also concave in how it uh is shaped yeah, so like, yeah i know what you're talking it's about it's like yeah. it's weird but i i i haven't i haven't used the controller a ton yet but i like that uh-huh. part of it a lot um and then like you can adjust how difficult it is to move the controller like the sensitivity oh which that's is nice. cool that's really why With the I actual bought. physical spring back yeah on, you, on you take the stick off the, uh if you take the stick off you can like tighten something in it mm-hmm. um and so, like, that's the reason why I got the Pro Series 2 instead of the, the first one, because I think you couldn't adjust the older ones. Uh, um, but, yeah, like, I like that part of it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I know that, like, if you can replace those sticks, I'm wondering if there's, like, a stick you can get that's, like, nice and wide, like the one I like. <laughs> See if I could find that. Well, just get one of those $2 rubber add-ons or whatever that are gross-looking that <laughs> apparently people like. Yeah, I mean, I can. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I... I guess I can't say that I recommend the controller because it is quite expensive. But yeah, like if you want all of the, I think a lot of it is just the customization of it that's really cool about it. Mm-hmm. So like if you want to be able to customize your controller for particular games or whatever, then like that would be the game that would be the controller to pick up. And it's got those paddles, right? It does have those paddles. You can take those off though. Yeah, yeah. Like the other controllers I've got that have those extra buttons in the back that you can't do anything with anyways because <laughs> you can't like hotkey it to a keyboard controller. Right. You can map them to existing buttons. Yes, so they work in any game. Right, but you can't like use it for the W key or something. Right, which was something I would like to do. But um, but you can just take those paddles off so they get on your nerves. You just rip them off. Mm-hmm. It's no problem. Wait, so even on PC you can't use that to just map to anything? No. That's kind of. I guess you could use a third party thing, yeah. couldn't you? You can, yeah. But like the the app that comes with it or whatever, like the um, the Xbox controller app. I ha- I didn't download the app yet, but I don't think like with every other controller I've got that has those back buttons or yeah. whatever, they haven't allowed you to do it because they're main. I think they're mainly meant for Xbox One uh-huh. controls. Right, right, right. So right. Uh, that's why it hasn't worked for that yet. But um, I don't know. I like. I'm just glad that I can remove it because like I don't really like the feel of them in the back. Uh-huh. I haven't experimented with them much either, so I don't know. Yeah. See, I would leave them on there, map them to nothing, and then just play with them all the time. Just oh, a little, little, little extra fidgety Ooh. thing. That seems up your alley, actually. It does. That's a good idea. I might try that. Cool. That's funny. <laughs> but that's me. Just spent a two hundred dollars on a controller. 
uh, <laughs> by way of segue, um, yes. we can talk about VGM Con, which, oh, yeah. which happened this weekend. Uh, and I had Widget Satchel there, and there were people who kept asking, why can you duck if nothing happens? And I'm like, because Steven wanted it so. <laughs> he wanted you to be able to press a button and, and something fun happens that has no function. And weren't they like, who's Steven? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, he's the source of all the problems in this game. <laughs> <laughs> he made HyperDot, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Charles. <laughs> it's funny. We, uh, he got confused on Twitter about that again. Somebody thought I made the game. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, my par- our parents parents get us confused so it's not like a thing that doesn't happen <laughs> i yeah. and i'm now imagining where like you go home for a family dinner and your dad's like congratulations steven on the on hyper <laughs> 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 they don't do it that badly <laughs> but that's pretty funny but vgm con is happening right yeah in fact it's still going on oh. for another hour or so yes um but i ducked out the last day because okay. who needs three days of that noise yeah, it's but, a lot <laughs> but also we have the recording today so mm-hmm. i thought you know it's all right um but yeah so uh, um uh, my voice is still a little bit you know you might be able to hear it on mic it sounds a little bit um a little bit more you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah a lot of chatting to people a lot of mm-hmm. showing the game off and the, the difference now is the game is out so i'm like selling it to people yeah so i'm i, I set up a, a coupon code on itch so people can get a little bit off uh, 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 the price. Um, and then uh, I was selling Steam codes there and uh, letting people know that if they really wanted to pay full price, it was also available on Nintendo eShop. Yeah. Um, and that was actually kind of a fun line. So I got to be sort of fun with it and, and do a little salesman pitch, which was uh, different from how we I normally uh, do these events. Right, yeah. Uh, which is more about um, sort of a part playtesting, part sign up for the newsletter you know, awareness campaign, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it is, I mean, getting playtest feedback in an event like that, it's not really what it's for, but it's its really what we use them for because you will take any opportunity. Right. But at this point, uh, game's out, and, you know, of course, I'll check for bugs and stuff for, for future patches, but, like, I just want people to buy the thing now, and so it is definitely a different kind of a way to present at a thing it's more more a vendor and less a, a, um, a demo. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it, was in, it was an interesting experience. Cool. I had a pretty good time with That's it. That's good. Yeah, and made some sales, so it's all right. Cool. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's um, good. I know my brother is there also selling hybrid ads. So yes. I don't know how well he's done. I, mean, he, I think he's probably still there because he's a... Yes, I think he's... A, in fact, unfortunately, it was a bunch of us indie devs uh, um, in the, the, the vendor hall. Yeah. Um, many of us had v- various random things on Sunday. Oh. So, so Charles is one of the only people left. Oh, no. So he's going to get all the players. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah, yeah. We'll look out for him. Okay. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we talk so, about train? Yeah. Yes. So, last piece before we get into the show, yeah. um, we've been talking the last couple weeks about like the GDC shenanigans, mm-hmm. um, it getting canceled, right. and we talked quite a bit about that. And just a bit of an update: more and more things are being canceled. And mm-hmm. from where we're sitting, um, it's the uh, um, it GDC week would be um two weeks from or a week from tomorrow. Okay. Um, and um, I was supposed to be heading to Chicago on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, in the next couple of days, uh, to take train jam which martha you did a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and listeners can go back and hear interviews that martha did on the train it's one of our coolest episodes yeah i like GDC that episode. special <laughs> and um but train jam got canceled and I'm so, so sorry yeah. mark i was so excited to go to the gdc that wasn't you know and um and there are still things happening and we i talked about it in the, in the previous episode about what um is still happening for people who have under unrefundable travel plans but in my case i no longer have a flight to i have no way to get to san francisco right so if i wanted to participate i would actually have to buy a plane ticket oh do they literally <laughs> take your train ticket too 
Yeah, because the way Train Jam works is you don't buy a train ticket. You buy a ticket to the event, Train Jam. Oh. And then um, and they book the train. And they book the entire train. Oh, so they canceled that. So they canceled that. Oh, no. And so uh, the, what, now the train is just a normal train. Yeah. And now it, 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 the, those tickets are now available on Amtrak. So if I wanted to and just keep all my travel plans the same, I could buy a ticket on that train. Sure. But, I, you know. Oh yeah, no. It's like I don't want to spend three days. I I do want to spend three days on a train, but I don't want to do that in, in you know at the last minute. Yeah. just to go to the GDC that wasn't right. so. Um, and uh, listeners who remember the previous episode where I talked about like how excited I was to go to this alter- find out just be part of that you know interesting piece of GDC history yeah. and see what could be done and the new traditions that might be formed and all that's very exciting and it all just isn't happening anymore yeah. and um, and you know Train Jam got canceled and I'm disappointed but like it's a justifiable decision yeah mm-hmm. um, I mean those trains have your everyone is very close together and there's not very many like places to wash your hands and yeah. all of uh, that. I'm sure some of that was the concern. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that it was, uh, I think it would have still gone on. Um, it, it, I think a lot of it is that there were a lot of people who wanted to cancel. Yeah. And so it probably, it, and it, to get uh, to refund that many people, I think the organizers were probably like, well, it maybe no, especially uh, projecting out over the next week as more and more people were like, ah, I guess I don't want to go anymore because GDC is canceled. Then it just wasn't practical to do the event at all. I think that was a big part of it. And that, that is a very reasonable reason to cancel a thing. Yeah. If you're going to have, you know, 70% or less capacity and you spent, you know, uh, upwards of a hundred thousand plus dollars on renting a train. Um, you, you know, you'd be out a lot of money if you, if you don't uh, sell those tickets. And so, um, it, 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 it's all it all makes sense it's just really it's really sad because i hadn't done it before i was very excited um and it was this fun special circumstance we'd all sort of war stories and so on and that's just right. not gonna happen anymore yeah. um i still have meetings in san francisco so i oh. need to reschedule those for skype calls and stuff and so there's still and some of the people i have meetings with like oh yeah i'm still gonna be there and so i i'm still tempted but like because flights are cheap <laughs> <laughs> it's true yeah that's but it's way. it's an extra commitment and i don't want to talk myself into it so yeah, uh yeah. it's very likely i won't be going so okay. that's really disappointing uh, so so no gdc episode or at least um you know well there will be news right they, oh they'll, yeah there'll be still be press releases coming out and so we'll definitely talk about uh what happened and what might have happened and we'll, we'll speculate so we'll do an episode uh, in that variety i imagine yeah. that in upcoming weeks but not gdc episode <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah just just the story keep it sadder I was going to do a cool transition, but I Cuz that's your job now. But I'm not good at naming things. I was going to say something something if you can't remember the name of the controller, maybe they should have named it something more memorable. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's another good one. Guys, don't make me pick. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit one of these transitions out. And <laughs> Uh, so this is my topic, uh, naming things. Uh, this has been on the list of uh, potential topics for a little while. Um, Probably because I've been struggling to name things for y- work stuff. <laughs> right. You, Steven, you've been doing a lot of it and mm. you, you kind of hate it. I do. Um, it's, it's not great. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I, and I, 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 I quite love it. Okay. Uh, it's a, it's, um, I've like offered to name things for other people. I like, I, I get such a kick out of it. It's, mm. it's a fun element of creativity. You can put a lot of nuance into 
Um, and so we'll get into that. We'll yeah. talk a little bit about your difficulties as well. Um, but let's start out with just uh, the, the main thing you got to do, which is name your game. Right. Yes. Right. And I think this is something that Charles went through a lot where he had his his uh, um, his uh, code name for his game. Yeah. Which was, it was a terrible piracy. name for his game. Yeah. Did, did we talk about that on the show? The specifics of that? Uh, it was a long ago now. Okay. But we definitely have. But we yeah. can recap it, which is basically yeah. he, he made this game as a school project, mm-hmm. uh, basically because... Uh, he just got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, um, called Anti Piracy. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the name of his game about being a dot on screen, avoiding squares and, and, and stars. Right. And it didn't really, I mean, he did, I think he got an A on the, on the, in the class, but like, <laughs> but you know, but he just kept calling it that. Right. And because it had such a, a, an origin. And everyone was like, why is it called this? Why is it called this? And yeah. he didn't have a good explanation, but he could, he resisted for the longest time changing it, even though he knew he had to. Mm-hmm. He finally did. Yeah. Hyper dot. And it's yeah. a much better name. Yeah. Um, but uh, you can really get attached to those sorts of things right. uh, based on the circumstances of, of your creation. And sometimes you have to step outside yourself and be like, okay, let's starting from scratch. What would I call this now than the shape that it's in? Yeah. Right. And that can be very challenging for people because mm-hmm. you sort of you end up losing something. You sort of lose a little bit of the history of your project. Right. Yeah. yeah. The space it occupies in your mind. I always thought he should have named it like antivirus or antibody or something like yeah, that. Antibi- it does- I suggested antibody to him because yeah. I, I thought that would be because it could. I, I thought it would fit enough with the history of his thinking about the game and how it was created. And also visually, it would make a little sense. Yeah, I don't, think, a petri I, don't, dish. I don't think he ever liked that suggestion. No, he didn't. Which is kind of disappointing. But yeah. like, but yeah, he ended up coming up with a, with a I think Dot was something that um, a bunch of us, because this was happening at the office when I was uh, had a desk there. Right. And we were all sort of like shouting at him ideas. <laughs> and he'd be like, I don't know, whatever, I'll think about it. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and so one, you know, he settled on like dot being something. We're all like, yes, dot, do something about that, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's the character, like has that sort of emotional attachment to it, even yeah. though it's a very abstract game. And and so it it even though hyper dot seems like kind of an obvious choice, once you get as far as dot, mm-hmm. it still took a while after that. Oh yeah, I remember a whiteboard with just dozens of lists potential of lists, names, list of names. Yeah. And the problem you have when you're doing something like that is like something like eighty percent, ninety percent of your ideas are bad, and mm-hmm. you know it right away. Yeah. And so you lose a lot of confidence in your ability to do it. Um, but, uh, but then, you know, eventually you pick something and that's what it is and you love it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it, everyone goes through this process. Um, but there's lots of reasons to name things the th- way they are. A lot of times it's very simple. You name things after the character in your game and then the, you name the character for whatever reason, just yeah. randomly or whatever. Like there isn't anything wrong with just naming something randomly. Yeah. <laughs> like proper nouns don't have to have a, 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 a history. You don't have to have a providence. Um, but sometimes it can be really beneficial to have one, uh, develop a name that has a specific meaning to your work. Um, it could also be something that is, uh, conveys a tone. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the games that we've worked on and why we named them the way we did jam games, uh, game, big projects, the whole lot. Like maybe we can walk through a lot of them. That's a yeah. good idea. Well, Clawbreaker has an interesting right. name change. It does because like we, we wanted to, well, during the game jam, we wanted to call it Crustacean Combat, right? Cause like, I still love that name. I do love that name, but nobody could ever say it. In, or spell it. Or spell it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have great. That's a concern. Yeah. yeah. It didn't have great SEO or whatever. Um, and so we changed the name to Clawbreaker, which isn't as catchy, but it's still all right. But then, but then Polygon came out with a video about another crab fighting game yeah. and they called the video Crustacean Combat. And I was like, oh my God, see? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we spelled our Crustacean Combat with a K, like Mortal Kombat. So yeah. uh-huh. it's harder to find. It's true. <laughs> but still, uh, yeah, I kind of, I miss that name. Yeah. Good times. There's like a, a you wanted for that game, you wanted a, t- a name that was descriptive. But also kind of funny. Yeah. And I think Crustacean Combat's probably a little bit because it's a fighting game and because it was a small game that's almost like a 
not that it's a parody game or anything, mm-hmm. but like I like that name better too. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It, uh, spelling's an issue. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, of, I can never spell crustacean. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of spelling, Fingence. Oh yes, Fingence. That was. I, I mean, I think actually we came up with the name of the game before we came up with the actual. Nope, that's not true. Mm-hmm. We came. <laughs> <laughs> we came up. Well, oh, we've talked about the history of Fingence before a bit, but like basically, we originally wanted Fingence to be a very small game that was supposed to be a mobile game. Um, seven years later, we're still working on it. But uh, the the idea was like you're this fish that is just angry with all the other fish because like I think this fish just wasn't able to breathe underwater. Um, and so it, he goes in the submarine and starts taking out vengeance or vengeance uh-huh. on the the uh, other sea creatures. That's like that was what the game was supposed to be basically. Yeah. Um, and so like as we were doing all this this idea for a game, uh, we can't Lane came up with the idea of vengeance because vengeance but with fins mm-hmm. and that's it <laughs> but nobody can ever spell it correctly yeah because like it's not an actual word mm-hmm. so it's understandable you know um i think i've known vengeance for quite a while mm-hmm. and i like i i can't spell it but like <laughs> i um I'm not, i don't think that that's a death knell for yeah. a game oh no but the way you describe it now i almost think like it's almost like anti-piracy like mm. it's the name comes from the the original origins of the game but it's really grown a lot past that have you ever discussed changing the name no we've never (laughs) changing the name we were always well we're always like oh this is going to be kind of hard to find people or define for people yeah and we're like eh, whatever (laughs) (laughs) well you could just uh like buy the domains for lots of different spellings of it Ah, like yeah Vengeance spelled f-i-a and what you know all the different yeah all the different ones that's that people might or like, is there a way to look up what most people are Googling around a word? There's mm. something like that. You can do Google Trends. Um, and for, you know, uh, you're not going to get a, you're going to get a lot of um, noise in the data yeah. uh, for just just plain words. But you can, you can do the different misspellings and see which, you know, might, uh, that might give you a result. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, we can run it and see. Yeah, <laughs> and I see, mean, I'll put look it in into donuts. it. I'm interested in yeah. that. Um, but yeah, like we never really considered changing the name. Yeah. I think uh, it's probably... I'll, I will be honest. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a great name. Okay. But it's not, I like it. <laughs> I mean, but in terms of what the game is, yeah. but it's not as bad as anti-piracy was to describe what Hyperdot oh. is, right? Yeah, yeah. It still is. No one's going to be like, that's a bad name, yeah. right? Um, I think people might say there could be a better name, mm-hmm. but it, but you guys have enough on your plate. Yeah, we're not, right? we're, we're not really interested in changing the name at this point. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually a really good point, mm-hmm. is that sometimes a name, like, I don't know, like think of a game like Bloodborne. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a terrible name. It's so generic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really... Or like all of the military shooters that are just like, you know, blah, blah, blah of war or whatever. Like, yeah, some, yeah. like it's like they don't necessarily need a Tom Clancy's Wild Boys. <laughs> something like that, yeah. right? Like, at a certain point, something just needs to be called something. Yeah. And it doesn't always matter. And so, um, I mean, that I don't mean to dismiss the importance of it. Uh, I particularly, I'll... I'll obsess over the right thing to call something and because mm-hmm. I, I do like doing that but there's no reason you have to yeah <laughs> like as long as you know as long as it doesn't have a like a pile of fatal flaws yeah i think you're okay well i I think when you're naming your game it's important to at least portray what the game is or like be ironic about it in some way yeah then it'll be then it'll be fine like right. uh, i mean if you call it like what's it that one golf game that you really liked i can't remember what, what the, the golf? golf yeah what yeah. the golf that's it's it's clearly about golf, but it's not actually golf. Right. So right. like people are like, oh, that's that's funny. Well, that's a, that's a name that's perfect for that. Yeah. It it says what the tone is. It describes a little bit of what you're in for. Mm-hmm. Um. It it 
it's really quite good. Yeah. Um, even though like it, it's like it was like what the golf you're like oh like what the hell or what the expletive here or whatever. Uh-huh. It's like golf doesn't really rhyme with any of those, so it's not even a really good pun. Yeah. And that almost makes it better because uh-huh. it's like more absurd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And you contrast that to the golf story. Yeah. Which is also a golf game that's kind of a golf game, and, but mostly an RPG. Yeah. And so, like, you can totally get the tone of the two games based on the yes. two names. Golf Story, also a great title. Yes. Because it really does, it's like, it, you, because of the, there's a sort of a, a history you bring to it. Like, in a vacuum, it doesn't mean anything in particular. Right. Um, it could be just a, a you know, a, 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 bi- a biography package on the golf channel. But, like, mm-hmm. it, but you know that that sounds like an RPG. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then and so and and golf being the operative adjective, like okay, I get I get what this is. So there's definitely sometimes you luck into a, a title or a game that's easy to name. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Rumble. It's perfect. That's actually true. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's actually something that um, draws on the history of a genre or uh, with and you can be sort of. Uh, I guess derivative, mm-hmm. but without being like, um, without making it feel like it's a, a parody or a copy. Yeah, right. It uses a template rather than like it's the. There's not one game. It's it's the it's a reminder of mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's I, I think that's why I really like the name. Like I, when I came up with the idea for this game, like I immediately came up with the name of it too, and I was like, this is perfect. I never want to change it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, it's just difficult when it comes to like the things inside the game that i have i think i have an easier time naming the game than i do naming stuff inside the game yeah just because like there's a lot of things you can consider like because this also it it's less important but it can also be just as important in some ways yeah. i don't know depends on things like um, you can also be more abstract with a game the title because it's yeah. meant to represent an entire thing yeah like a game like uh, well, there's a game like Assassin's Creed is mm-hmm. about there's a thing called the Assassin's Creed. Right. So that's pretty bog standard. But then another Ubisoft game, Watch Dogs. Yeah. Right. That that evokes a a, a surveillance uh, state kind of thing, which is what that game is about. Right. But there's nothing as far as I know in the game called the Watch Dogs or anything, right. or anything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, someone may make a reference to that that phrase. But um, you know Ding. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? You know, the um, if you guys ever watched, this is a tangent and not at all important, but it's okay. I'm here for it. <laughs> the um, the YouTube series where they he talks about the, mo- the movie as it's going, and then oh, Cinema Sins, Cinema Sins, oh, okay, which is a fine, it's okay, yeah. it's not great, but <laughs> but the funny thing is, anytime that they say the title of the movie in the movie they go ding oh yeah, <laughs> or, like, yeah. or like roll credits yeah. I, I do find that funny yeah, yeah, yeah. i do that in my head sometimes yes, yeah <laughs> every time every time now i'm like roll credits yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, but uh, one of the other things you can do with naming your game is to have something that just evokes like the 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 feeling or or has a a kind of a comes off the tongue in the way you want to uh, how you want players to treat it. So, like, what the golf is something like. This is a silly game. There's no, yeah. you can't make a serious game with that title, right? <laughs> right. And widget satchel is an example where, like, they're not particularly silly words. Mm-hmm. I mean, widget maybe. Yeah. And but like, widget satchel tells you that, like, oh, this has some wry humor. Yeah. Right. I hope that's what people get from it. Um, but it's but it's not wacky. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so the calibrating that can be difficult mm-hmm. and it's a subjective right yeah. you're not going to get the same reaction from everybody mm-hmm. about things like that it's very true um yeah but i want to talk about 
naming things in the game yeah. because that's where I struggle a lot. Yeah. Like, we, there are a lot of characters in, well, not a lot of characters yet, but we're working on characters for a Rhythm Rumble. Mm-hmm. And I have to keep coming up with names for them. And I want them to be riffs off of uh, popular uh, mus- musicians in that genre of music that yeah, the character yeah. is supposed to represent. And I especially have a hard time with this when it's genres I don't listen to. So right. like mm. country music. I don't listen to country music. <laughs> I had to come up with one. Um, originally, her name was Hannah because Hannah Montana. Ha ha ha. Funny. But uh, <laughs> but uh, like nobody liked that. So I had to change it. How country music is that anyway? Not even Hannah Montana is pop music. Yeah. So like it's not but even. Is the daughter of Billy Ray Cyrus? Exactly. Yes. That was the whole. It's a, it's a thinker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my thought. And yeah. I don't know. It's not that great. Um, <laughs> I forgot what we changed. Oh, we changed her name to Anna Hill, which isn't much better. No, it's Anne Hill. It, it's not much better. I don't uh-huh. know. Is that named for a particular artist? No, I think it's just an amalgam of a bunch of different names. Uh huh. Yeah. That's like, outlaw country. <laughs> outlaw country. <laughs> Uh, yeah i don't know it's just i don't i have a hard time with it sounds like you're gonna have to listen to a lot of country music i have i have listened to some country music and I'm, watched some country i'm so music sorry videos. i know it's <laughs> it's not pleasant i don't like music videos in general so like having to watch a bunch of country music stuff is not great mm-hmm. uh <laughs> could just no. name our old town road <laughs> I think we might get uh, attacked <laughs> if we did that. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I'm having I'm having a hard time with that, and like, I'm gonna have to do this for a bunch of other songs and stuff that, uh, or a, a bunch of different genres that are I don't listen to. Like, I, there's a heavy metal character in the game. We're gonna yeah, have, yeah, yeah. And, like, I don't listen to that. So, like, I'll have to ask like coworkers about that because they listen yeah. to metal and stuff. Just name him Lemmy Koopa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. All the Koopalings are named after musicians, right? Yep. yep. That's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, help me, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, uh, I, I can send an invoice to your company. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I guess just like, I think, I think it will also be helpful for listeners to just hear like how to name something in, in, the, in, the, in the world that you're building for your game. Right? Yeah. And, and a lot of it is so much of this is abstract or arbitrary yeah. that you do need to like hook into something even if it is only for you. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, you've got a hook already. Yeah. So, I mean, you're having trouble for different reasons. Yeah, I suppose that's true. But yeah. a lot of times when you name something, it's, it, it, uh, the trouble you have is not necessarily that the challenge you set for yourself is difficult because that's like step two, right? Mm-hmm. You've made it to step two. Yeah. The step one is like what... what uh, for what um, criteria am I going to use to name this thing? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good way of bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. Like how. Yeah. How would you determine? Like with like Fingens, for example, all of the names of characters are puns on things. Like there's a gill and a fin and yeah. bubbles. It's not. That's those are easy because like right. You've got a hook. Yeah. yeah. You just like look up sea terms and boom. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. Like. Yeah, the reason I'm having a difficult time naming things is because I'm not super experienced with the genres of music that I'm thinking of or that I need to come up with a name for. But I have already just like decided um the the yeah, the hook that that Mark is describing. Yeah. So that that works. Okay. But how do you come up with that hook? So, um I can speak to character names in Widget Satchel. Sure. Um cuz I came up with with those and we did I um we chatted back and forth on the Slack in the in the group about some of these when I was naming these. That's right. Yeah. Um so these aren't all 100% me either and all what I can remember I can recount. But um so uh our captain Donna Key mm-hmm. uh is named because the power up associated with 
Donna is the key card, yeah. right? So like <laughs> we had the puns, right? Yeah. So all the in, in Widget Satchel, the five um, uh, doohickeys you get are uh, four of them are named for the human crew, mm-hmm. and they were named kind of at the same time. Yeah. So um, they weren't one wasn't named for the other. They were kind of come up with together. Mm. Um, and so um, we had oh we're, we'll have a, 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 the first one was uh, Jeff's boots. Yeah, which was a joke on. This was before we had any character names. This was back during the jam. It was a it was a pun on jet boots. Yeah, because originally they were double jump boots, mm-hmm. right? And so they were just jet boots, uh, J E F, not yeah. not two Fs, right? Yeah. And so that's how you would maybe identify the pun or whatever. And uh, th- th- this is an interesting point too, which is just having something to hang y- your idea on mm-hmm. is that those they're not jet boots anymore. Yeah, they're not double jump, right? right? They 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 allow you to jump on bots, and so they're not the, the pun doesn't really work anymore mm. but instead of being a pun on its functionality that actually inspired me then oh it's going to be a because we talked about oh we'll have a character named jeff yeah right as a result or uh-huh. like an unseen jeff who made these boots yeah uh, we later then determined that it would be a character in the game mm-hmm. um but then that it, from there it was like oh all the human characters will have names that a doohickey will then be a pun about. Right, so it'll yeah. be about the person and not about. So you could look at that and you could say like, that's not a jet boot at all, but that's not what it is anymore. Mm. And even if it was, it's fine. Like yeah. it's just something you need to hang it on. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so then that became the inspiration for a lot of these things. And so um, it, I'm not exactly sure what the order of any of this was, <laughs> but we definitely were not naming. We were not coming up with uh, uh, mechanics because we had the name already. Right. We didn't limit ourselves that way. Yeah. But once we had, um, the um, um, the Jeff's boots. We then had the Donna or the uh, a keys card, right? Mm-hmm. Right, which is kind of a double pun, right? Because it, it is a key. It's a key card. Yeah. But it the object is just called a card. It's just keys card. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> that's a that's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then that just became Donna Key, and Donna is a great name. I think that Donna is a great name for a boss because yeah. it seems like someone who is just like who super knows what they're doing. But it's also like kind of fun, uh-huh. right? <laughs> yeah. That's what the name Donna says to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what it says to you, but that's what it says to me. Yeah. But uh, um, also um, when we do, when we play Star Trek role playing, uh, uh, my wife, Dale, who is the captain of the crew, her name is her character's name is Donna. That's right. So a lot of I'm t- it's tied up a little bit of how much fun my wife is, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like how competent and, 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 and uh, fun and uh, yeah. she is, right. Um, but also uh, Donna Noble from Doctor Who. So yeah. like it's, a, you know, take inspiration, right? You mm-hmm. know, use things that you like. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, okay, so then we have we had Maggie's net, and, which <laughs> yep. is a magnet. Yeah, right. I like that. And so what I like about that is that uh, you could you can net something with the magnet. And so mm-hmm. it's a that again it's a hair, hair bit of a thinker. Yeah. But I like that. So okay, so we have Maggie. So that's great. So uh, we need a full name for this character now. So what are we going to do for that? So I was thinking like, oh, it'd be great if Maggie's last name. Had, was some kind of joke about magnetism, mm-hmm. right? And so I came up with a big list of things. I thought, like, these are all the possible names. And then we ended up going with one that Sarah suggested, yeah. which was Facconi, which sounds Italian, but mm-hmm. is not. It's actually, an, uh, uh, let's see, it's F-E-C-O-N-I. Right, yeah. And those are the three magnetic metals, right? Or That's three right. of them, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's absolutely brilliant. It was mm-hmm. so fantastic. So we used that. And so now... Maggie's Italian, right? Because it sounds Italian. And so so Maggie is now short for Magnolia, right? Yeah. And so it's Magnolia Forta Facconi. That's that's her name. <laughs> that's and great. so yeah. you, like you you need little hooks to find your way all the way to the end of the of the name. Mm-hmm. You don't just have a big list of names. Like uh, um you 
you I, I don't say you need to justify but you should find motivations for coming up with these things yeah um and so um we had uh auntie's grav plate mm-hmm. which is you know anti-grav right yeah and so the character's name is auntie and so we're like okay well that's great and so i decided that this would be uh, like what would, what would be the full name of auntie i'm like i don't know antonella that seems fun right <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's something you just make things up mm-hmm. um and then uh jeff's boots we needed a full name for jeff and so it was going to be, uh, so I just found a fun spelling of Jeffrey. Yeah. And then also, uh, we got to find it here. The uh, full name is uh, Jeffrey Saltar Fersen, and it's Spanish, and um, it includes words for jumping. <laughs> oh, nice. I didn't know that. Right. It took me forever to understand that you named it Jeff Fersen. Yes. And that's Jefferson. It took me like a year to pick up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not very quick on the. So that was a fun those. pun because yeah. Jeff only has the one F. So Jeff Person is the full correctly spelled Jefferson. Yeah. Right. And that's just there to find. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. But then uh, his middle name is all is Spanish for jump. Yeah. So cool. it, we just got to you just you find little ways to make it work and and you know and this is they're 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 pun names right mm-hmm. they're funny mm-hmm. so this isn't going to work in another game yeah right um but in the case of Widget Satchel Widget Satchel is fun but not wacky and yeah. so. All of these are a little buried, mm-hmm. right? And that's the kind, that's the idea. And so um, it, when you then, okay, I've got a great name for this. Now I need a name for this. So once you've done it once, then you now have an established set of rules for yourself. And I think that's really, really important because just like we talk about with game design, you have no shortage of good ideas. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like even if it's tough to come up with them, like you're going to have hundreds of good ideas, mm-hmm. but you have to start deciding what not to do. Yes. And and the sooner you decide that, the 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 easier you'll have having confidence in the things you stick with. Okay. And so that can be kind of tricky. Um, but I think that's, that's the way you do it. Yeah. Right? Okay. And, and it is important you have fun with it. Like you yeah. can hear from my voice how it was really fun to do this. Um, even though a tiny percentage of people are going to get the whole picture. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's why I think I, I, I very much discourage people from not caring about these things. Like if, if a character has a name, you should care about it. Yeah. If you don't care about it, then do you have to give that character a name? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I'm the, I can't imagine having a character without a name all the time, but like, do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you're going to do it, you should do it. Yeah. I, I think. Um, and then that's the challenge you have is that, you know, you have, you've, you've had your rules, mm-hmm. you know, the importance, mm-hmm. and then it's actually just the challenge of doing it. Yeah. Right. Which that's where I'm at. it's uh, because the rules you've set for yourself are kind of tricky. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. That's the difficulty I'm having. Actually mm-hmm. that framing it in that way is helpful. Yeah. I think I've been probably, um, unfairly blaming it on just naming things in general, and I yeah. think it's just I decided that this is going to be hard for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> long ago, and I'm just now dealing with the uh, that. <laughs> yeah, the more you treat it like solving a puzzle, mm-hmm. uh, the the maybe I'm not sure the easier time you'll have. Yeah, but the 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 more satisfaction you'll have from solving it. Yeah, that's true. Right, cool. and it's not just character names; it's like props and 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 uh, yeah. uh, in in the case of widget satchels, starships and stuff like that. Um, you named the station in Widget Satchel. That's right. I named Wakuta. Station Wakuta yeah. after a street uh, in St. Paul. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I pass by that street all the time. And every time I see it, I'm like, oh, that's a cool name. Yeah. And honestly, I was just, I on the Slack, I'm like, hey, I have no ideas for the name of this station. Mm-hmm. It's not going to appear often, but I want a really good one that that implies a history. Yeah. And then you said, how about this? And I'm like, great. And then I, so you can, you can just grab things, mm-hmm. right? Um, when when your rules fail you, you, you can just grab randomly and then you see, does this fit in in my rules in my world? And if it doesn't, well, now it is either I'll reject it, or it now is an, a little nuance on the world. Yeah. Right. So, um, in that case, uh, naming it after um, a place, 
because uh, that that's the the name of that street has its own history, right. which I looked into. Mm-hmm. Now all the other starships that appear in the uh, 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 background information on the characters that is now a rule for those that a lot of them are named after. Uh, places so there's also outpost cosmo or outpost como oh yeah is the name of of another station that that's then and como is a street here Mm -hmm. uh, in minneapolis and so that's one way of naming and so i've decided that the expedition has a couple of ways to name their their outposts and 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 ships and stuff so their outposts and and ships and stations are named after places Mm -hmm. and a lot of their starships are named after uh, more generic phrases so uh, like uh, ship classes there's the river ship class or uh, the, there's a ship called the September <laughs> and so like the, you just find little little like you imply a larger world okay I think that's kind of important and so if you have four things to name name three of them by a one set of rules and one of them by another set of rules mm. because that tells the player that you have this complicated setup yeah okay. right so you sort of like you imagine um, and this comes a lot from like sci-fi fandom right like yeah. people who like read uh, a lot of wikipedia's or, uh, um, for their favorite tv shows and stuff will will appreciate this where you'll see like the, we only have two names of this type of thing but like in the ancillary material we've extrapolated even further yeah so if you can build a, a world that allows for that extrapolation right yeah you know, that's that can be really exciting and it also gets gets you uh your players approach it and they your world doesn't feel small Right, because that's always the the hardest thing is when when you see something and you you can tell just by how things are put together that that represents the entire universe of it. But you want to imply a larger world, mm-hmm. right? If you want to imply a larger world, you know, you might yeah. not always want to. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I like that. I like all of that. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I need to do. I just need to approach naming things better. I feel mm-hmm. like you're really good at naming things too, Martha. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, grammar crime. That's just perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's all inspired by a skit that I did in um, uh, the theater program I used to teach mm-hmm. at and be in. Okay. We did a whole scene in the play we did where we were all grandmas doing crime. And we we were called the grammar crime uh, yeah. ring or whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> Uh, we're named Bertha, 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 and Helen. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. There's, there's, so there's a lot of different ways you can approach this. Mm-hmm. And that, like, yeah, you can approach it from like a world building aspect or you can approach it from like inspiration from previous things. Yeah. Uh, or just purely comedy like, or purely comedy. Yeah. And that's the like, thing. It's like, there's no one way to do it, but uh, you need to decide the way you're going to do it. Yeah. Right. It's like, reminds me of, um, uh, uh, Spy Fox. All the all the characters in Spy Fox are puns off of uh, things in um, James Bond movies. Oh, so nice. you're like the person who's giving you missions and stuff is Monkey Penny. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's a monkey. Yeah. And then Professor Quack is the person right, who gives right. you all the all the uh, gadgets and oh, stuff. And he's a duck. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, cool. So, lots of different ways you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, once you've got you know your all your things right yeah. put together, um, you know you you should audit them occasionally. Yeah. Right. Because just like with a game title, you'll fall in love with it, mm-hmm. and then it won't fit anymore. Yeah. Right, for whatever reason, and you yeah. sort of needs to be a little bit cruel with yourself. And the 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 key I think is when you have your set of rules that you and you fall in love with that, mm-hmm. then you become a little less precious about each individual part. Yeah. Right. Because you can replace it with something else that follows the rules better mm-hmm. and then you'll be happy with it immediately yeah. in a way. So it's like your workflow to this is important as much as it is, you know, the actual things you come up with. Okay. Right. 
Yeah. And then you got to localize it all. Oh, <laughs> so oh, so yeah. woe, woe is you who put <laughs> puns all over the place, yeah. <laughs> which we had some trouble with in right. Ridge Satchel. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it on the show before uh, when we talked about localization. Right. Um, but just the short version is um, none of those puns made sense anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's, mm, oh, Lord. Because here's the, here's the thing <laughs> uh, is once we had the character names, because the character names are related to the doohickey names and the puns are like in the case of Maggie's net, mm-hmm. that actually is a little bit complicated yeah right and so we decided um that the names would be uh would not be translated so uh in the case uh like it's and when you do something in english you have a bit of an advantage in that uh english travels a little better mm-hmm. uh yeah. in, in, in terms when you're trying to do uh you know uh, um uh, things like that but we decided that if a pun got lost because the doohickey name needed to be translated, but the character name couldn't, yeah. then that was okay. Mm-hmm. And so, and you, you need to decide for yourself, like, are you going to, so this is a case of like what the Harry Potter books, um, a Tom Riddle is an anagram or something, right? Yeah. yeah. You've read those books. I, I only yeah. vaguely know this, this anecdote, okay. but, um, there are anagram characters that the, or that you don't realize are the case until three books later or something yeah. like that. And so every time they're localized, those character names had to be changed so that the translation of the anagram would also work. Oh, and it actually ended up giving some fans a clue early on that like this character's names changed, but this wasn't. Yeah. And so why, why must be that be the case? There must be a reason it needed to. And so some people solved the mystery a little earlier. Oh, okay. But, and these are the, these are the consequences, yeah. right? Because when you play with language, there is no perfect translation. Right. So you need to decide what is okay to lose in the case of that. It's like, Oh, th- I love this name. This name has a lot of different origins and meanings. It also happens to be a pun or an anagram. Well, when it's time to translate it, you're like, well, one of those things has got to go. Mm-hmm. Right. You, in, I mean, if you can manage to bring it all with you, that's great. But then the tendrils will spread out because everything that needs to change will then require two more things to change or whatever. Um, so you kind of need to be really, really um, aware of like, which is more important to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, because it, especially when it comes with character names, you're like, well, you know, my game is going to be released all over the world or in a couple of different languages or whatever. And like, but, you know, I want people on the Internet to be able to talk to to about to each other about this even if they don't speak the same language or they didn't play the game in the same language right so if i have the character names different and this is definitely true of games uh, early nes games where a lot of things changed when it came over to the west right yeah as those people got older they suddenly didn't have a way they didn't have a shared nostalgia in a way yeah so think about that too maybe that matters a little bit more to you than preserving the joke mm-hmm. and sometimes the joke is really important and preserving that is enough to lose the other thing Mm-hmm. right yeah yeah okay that's a good way of yeah it. and one of the things that i had to do is i had to tell the tr- the, the localizers I had, I had to say uh this is what i meant by this this is why it's important to me mm-hmm. Can, i would like you to try to use your creativity to do something similar and i'm not going to be able to audit the success of that right and so i needed to explain what i wanted out of it and then i needed to trust that that person was going to be able to provide something that did the same thing yeah and so that level, that communication with the people you're working with is important um, to get those things. And then other times I'm like, this is so important to me that I am happy to um, not translate it so that it, re- it, it, it just, it tr- the English version of that joke or whatever will travel or it won't be gotten. Or I'm willing to lose it entirely rather than try to have, try to have somebody else try to achieve the same thing. Sure. And so knowing when to do one method and when to the other, would do the other is really really tricky mm. right yeah but when you care when you're like when you like me and you care enough about naming things yeah and you like love that challenge um when you do find something that works it is really rewarding 
But again, a lot of it is just you do have to let things go and you have to trust in, in the people you're working with right. to either uh, um, understand what you want from it and also provide that or say that maybe they won't get it entirely and maybe we'll lose a little bit of that, but maybe that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It can be tricky. It can. Right? It can but the, I mean, the thing you don't want to do is just, I named all these things, I checked off a list, it's fine, I'm done. Yeah. Like, you should care about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, there should be some attention put to it, for sure. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just name things good. <laughs> name things good. Name things good. That's the, <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the summary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you name something good, you can tweet it on Twitter. Something, something. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, Twitter's cool. No else is, is cool. Is it? Is it? Well, I mean, I don't know. I, jury's still out on that. <laughs> yeah. But okay, Twitter. there are some pretty cool things on Twitter. Yes. Right. Like Nice Games Club, where Dale posts a bunch of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like reading our Twitter just because it's always got good things that yeah. I had didn't know before, or like didn't hadn't seen. So I like following our own Twitter because mm-hmm. of that. <laughs> and how could it, how could we live in a world where the three of us follow our own Twitter account and see things we didn't know? How is that even possible, Stephen? Because Dale tweets all of these things. <laughs> she's great. <laughs> One of the tweets she just retweeted was like a dog of the day thing, where like you just see a bunch of gifs of these animated dogs, and like I don't like animals, but like I like these animals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we can get Stephen to like some animals, imagine what the following Nice Games Club on Twitter will do for you. Yeah. Yeah, you should check it out. Uh, we've got there's a lot of new content, and a lot of it is cats too, mm-hmm. not just dogs. If yeah, you're a cat person. <laughs> <laughs> but also like retweeting uh, indie devs who are making cool things, mm-hmm. or people who make funny jokes about development. Uh, if you need some inspiration to keep going on your game, yeah, yeah. you'll see things that you know uh, matter to us as indie developers, and things that make us laugh as indie developers. Yeah, it's from this perspective, and it's got the you know. Uh, the uh, the extra uh, joy and attention that Dale can provide to it. Um, so yeah, follow it. and of course you know tweet at us, give us your suggestions. Yeah. Um, we I think we have our DMs open. Uh, if we don't, I'll have them open by the time this episode goes out. <laughs> um, but you can send us messages and you can engage with us directly on that uh, through the Twitter account. Yeah, cool. I'm glad y'all followed along. That was awkward. All right. And now we're on my topic, rhythm games. Ooh. We had to check if we had done this before. I know, because Steven's making a rhythm game, so why haven't we talked about this yet? I feel like maybe we... I, I feel like we did, but I looked and we didn't. So if we did, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're just we're gonna talking about it again. Yeah, <laughs> we're just we're coming around back to the back to the uh, chorus here. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've been thinking about rhythm games a lot because someday when I get around to making games, someday uh, I'd love to make a game that's based around Irish music because I really love it. And I would love to be able to share it with people who aren't into, into Irish music or don't play an instrument because, uh, but do play video games. Mm-hmm. And so it would be a good way to bridge the two like communities I'm a part of uh, somehow. And yeah. I think it would be really cool. Um, but like making a rhythm game is kind of hard. Like it seems kind of hard actually it, when you start thinking about it. it, it it's, it's difficult. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> But I've never complained about it on the show. 
no there's there's a lot of like um i think the most difficult part really is just trying to make sure that your song or the song and how you're interacting with the song is good with the rhythm of the song um and so like i've been i've been struggling with that currently like i'm trying to get things to happen on the beat and sometimes it like goes off tempo and stuff um uh, and that is no good yeah right exactly yeah in order for you to be on the beat the beat has to be accurate i feel like that feeling of like like when a game has juice or whatever mm-hmm. like yeah. we've talked about before uh like it's so important in rhythm games because it is all about the feeling and if so if something is off it can throw like the whole it's so important because it yeah. can throw the whole game off yeah, totally. Exactly. Yeah. Even if like, even if your input exists exactly on the beat and the game is recording it exactly on the beat, like if it doesn't feel like you did it right, yeah, it can still like throw everything off. Yeah, well, it's kind of like it's kind of like how coyote jumping works in platformers. Like, yes, you you need like a little bit. You give people a little bit of lay, leeway because like if they feel like they hit the jump and the game doesn't tell them they hit the jump, then they 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 can't trust the game anymore. Yeah. 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 It's one of those things in Guitar Hero you hear that when you miss something, mm-hmm. like that level of feedback is important too. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All of that kind of stuff is important. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or like, yeah, making a different noise if you miss something mm-hmm. or, or cool things happen on screen when you are getting it right. Yeah. Like getting into that groove of there's a, a game on Switch that I play that's like a, um, Taiko drumming simulator oh, nice. just super fun uh and you can play it with uh motion controls but it's like super laggy on if you're playing on docked mode oh sure um so i usually just play with the buttons but it's so fun when you start getting it right because like all these animations start happening on the screen and yeah. like all these little characters are dancing and being like yeah you're doing it <laughs> <laughs> that's cool yeah um so i think that's important mm-hmm. well yeah for sure i think that's important like and especially I think a lot of rhythm games have like a like a scale on how well you hit things on the beat or on the note or whatever. So like they'll say missed or good or great or perfect, you know. Um, and I think that's valuable to have too because like if you hit it perfectly, then you're like, oh man, I'm so good at music. <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly. Um, one thing that I find so when in my music lessons we talk a lot about um, like like how being on the beat sometimes it's not exactly what you want to be doing in mm-hmm. certain genres of music yeah. or like even within Irish music itself, there are like certain tune types that you want to be playing ahead of the beat or where you want to be playing behind the beat slightly. Um, oh wow. To make the feeling feel like the groove feel mm-hmm. correct. Um, and like that was one thing I, I don't know how would you do that in a game? Like teach people how to not, I guess you just have to move the, the detection back slightly or something you need to have some kind of almost um animation as like the note gets if i'm just imagining a guitar hero style game, yeah as the note gets closer almost like a like a um like uh like a like when you in a platformer game you use a whip to like grab onto a ledge or something i almost imagine yeah. something like that to sort of like you're not quite there yet but you're close enough to play the note or some some kind of like visual indicator to kind of oh, teach yeah. you, like you're reaching out to get it. Yeah, yeah. Then it get, it gets real taut when it's the right time, and it gets a little more loose when you get closer to the beat, and maybe is the wrong time now or mm. something. I don't know, but how could you do that on the level of 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 um of finesse you would need to explain that concept? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how would you show it? Like especially if you need to be ahead of the beat, right? Or wait, no, behind the beat. If you be ahead of the beat, you can show something because if you're so in a a lot of rhythm games you're like on a track right 
going across and then things are coming at you yeah. uh, for different buttons that you push mm-hmm. or different notes on the guitar hero controller thing that you're playing different mm-hmm. buttons for that um and so if something is if you have to hit it before the before the dot comes to the line then that's easier because you can show like a shadow dot or something or do a yeah. reaching out to get it or something yeah but if it's behind it then you've already you I guess you'd have to move the line that is... Right, now you have the beat no longer is at the bottom of the screen, it's now in the middle of the screen, yeah. but then now you can't see as far ahead of you, and so like there's all the consequences of building a structure like that, and so you need to have lots of visual... Yeah. Uh, you need to have new UX paradigms to, yes. to, to accommodate for the changes you need to make. Yeah. Right? Well, what if you incentivize it some, too? Like, maybe, like, if you're on the beat and stuff, you get a good every time, but, like, if you do something with this instrument that you want to be behind the beat or ahead of the beat, then like you'll get a great or a perfect or something or like they'll give you extra points. I rem- I'm just reminded style of- points. Yeah, yeah. I'm reminded <laughs> of Prep the Rapper. I don't know if anybody here has played that game, but like you could just do. Uh, it's a rhythm game where you're like this half, you're this 2D dog, paper dog or whatever, and he raps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Um, but uh, uh, the way that like that works is you could just do the rhythm that they're saying. You could just literally just follow along with the rap that he's supposed to say. Or you can improvise and the game incentivizes improvisation by like if you do it if you do it in a rhythmic and cool way, then the game will give you extra points and then like you can get in like fancy or fancier version of like the the game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not how do I describe it? Like the way you were describing, like if you do things perfectly, like all these characters pop up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if you do it if you rap in a way that is like improv improving and stuff, then you uh like you get into like a new scene where like it's just you rapping and like everything everything is following along with you instead of like the master who is like telling you to do it this way he kind of like they kind of like go away mm-hmm. oh cool um so like you could do something sort of like that maybe not to that extreme but like i don't know that might help with that kind of thing yeah right? like and if you're making like a jazz game like yeah. so much of jazz is based on improv man beat breaks i still so like wanted that. to make a jazz game for the longest <laughs> time and i haven't figured out a good way to do it Mm-hmm. I could just do a rhythm game, but like it's not the same. Well, existing know. rhythm games that have like improv sections, yeah, or where you can just press whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, if you're playing, the players who play for score, yeah, will use those opportunities to just press all the buttons as fast as they can. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so there, there has not been a good solution for that in terms of emulating the feeling of yeah. improving music. And I, I guess Prime the Rapper did it, but I don't remember it being great. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like i don't know i the way i was thinking of approaching like a, a jazz game is like you you do something that's not it's not literally a rhythm game like i don't know you're just interacting with things in the world and then like sounds come out from your interactions or mm-hmm. movements or whatever i haven't like laid figured all, all that out yet but like i really want to do something like that it'd be yeah. so cool i could so definitely awesome. see like a third person uh um platformer game mm-hmm. where you're just controlling a, a, a character yeah and the way they move generates noise yeah and so then taking the non-straight path to the destination will give you a better results yeah it sounds cooler yeah something like that, the, that i was thinking of the like feeling of jazz i was thinking right? yeah i was thinking of a platformer something that's kind of like that too mm-hmm. or like maybe it's it's sonic-esque in that like there are different levels and like the top level is the hardest one but it's like faster or something yeah. but it maybe wouldn't be faster but it'd be like more notes i don't know um, the bot on the ground floor is like smooth jazz. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go there. No. <laughs> you do everything you can to get past that. Um, yeah, but that would be something that would be really cool. I don't know. Uh, 
yeah, but like, I don't know. Rhythm games are neat. Mm-hmm. I like my, my favorite. I think my favorite rhythm game was DJ Hero. I like that. I think I like that game yeah. mainly because I like the music in it. Um, but it like you had like it's it's kind of like Guitar Hero, but instead of a guitar, you have like literally a turntable and you do the mixing yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it sold well initially, but it didn't have the longevity that the uh, rock band Guitar Hero games did. But the people yeah. who loved it really loved it. Yeah, like, apparently it was very innovative. My brother, I think he was like top seven or something <gasps> in the world on Xbox 360 because he played wow. that game so much. Nice. He loved that game. That's well, you'll be so happy cool. to learn that Harmonix just announced a DJ emulation kind of game. Oh snap! Um, I'm looking that up. Now. I don't know much about it i just remember seeing the headline okay well well maybe we'll put it in the show notes <laughs> do you want to just ground the show to a halt as you check this out uh y'all keep talking <laughs> <laughs> um one of the other things i've been interested in because like irish music is about the beat but it's also about notes and and melodies mm-hmm. and so has there been many many games besides like rock band where you're singing into the microphone that like track pitch like it would be so cool to be able to play my own instrument into the game and have it. Yeah. Oh. There's Sing Song, or yeah. isn't that the name of it? That's it. Is. Where, where it's basically just the the vocal part of Rock Band, but a whole game. Oh, cool. Um, I believe. And there are karaoke style games as well, but I think those don't score the same, but I think that that game does. Um, but then there's also Rocksmith, which you, is a guitar game, but you plug your actual guitar into. Ah. <sighs> Uh, and and it, it tracks it. it it's sort of so cool. Yeah. So uh, so there is there is the technology is available for that kind of thing to detect pitch and uh, maybe guitar is a little easier than other instruments. Yeah. But, um, but I'm sure it's possible. Input the sound directly into the. It's like even if you if you get the the source before distortion, it's a little cleaner. Yeah. Uh, whereas a microphone, then it, it's then up to the user to make sure that it's set up right or whatever. So you know there right. there, there are difficulties. Um, depending on the type of instrument, but it's doable. I think that would be so cool. Mm-hmm. But then you get into the whole th- the whole problem with all of this is that none of these things are really real. Mm-hmm. Like a beat is not actually real because everything is a little bit fuzzy. Yeah. So if you're going to do the exact moment in time where the beat, quote unquote, is happening, it's like the limit. Like you're doing calculus to do like the limit of of you know time splitting to get the exact moment yeah yeah and like with pitches like the note c is the thing that we've decided is a thing Mm -hmm, but like the spectrum of how fast something is vibrating is completely fluid like there's we just have decided that these notes are the notes but really it's yeah and there's like different kinds of c notes right like every Mm -hmm. instrument has its own uh sound yeah so they're not even if you're playing a c note on the saxophone it's not going to sound the same if you played it C note on the flute, yes, and stuff like that. Um, and then, like each player has their own specifics too. Like maybe somebody has more of a breathier saxophone sound um, versus somebody else who's just a more solid. But either way, they're still they're both still yeah um, valid as well. Instrument. No note is precisely at a particular frequency. It, yeah, it, it it lives around that frequency. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. Even a well tuned piano is not perfect, mm-hmm. right? And then um, you have genres of music that. Uh, or different traditions of music that put the note in different places. Like Arabic music, traditional Arabic music has quarter tones. So they have notes in between half steps of notes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and then there are orchestras that are they tune themselves to the organ at the facility, which is not A440. It's yeah. some other. <laughs> and so everybody's a little sharp or a little flat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have to, with the next place they play, they have to change again. Yeah. Right? But that's, yeah, that's part of the character of that, though, right? Yeah. And that's something I've always found really fascinating about, like, listening to people, like, live, is that, like, you'll hear, you'll hear different, um, you'll hear that difference a little bit. If like you've heard like you've heard the song thirty times in a row or whatever, but then you go and hear them and then it's yeah. like a little bit different. Yeah, that's kind of neat. One of the things that's become more common with uh, music that's been sampled mm-hmm. is that you'll take samples and you'll pitch them up to the song you're writing rather than write a song around the key that you're of the sample you're taking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. And, and so that's happening more and more often, and then it, it gives you more freedom to take in more samples from different sources. Because you can then, you know, the technology is a little better than it used to be. Yeah. Because um, they're all just little, they're all just parts of a whole now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's cool. But how do you express any of that in a video game? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. most rhythm, most rhythm games are rhythm games, right? Right. Like Guitar Hero, Rock Band, and some of the like the karaoke style games, they'll they will judge a performance or a near a performance in the case of uh, Guitar Hero. Yeah. But like you. Are you making something that is just purely uh, a simulator, or right. are you make something that is about the feeling, or right, or, or yeah, you, you just to make something? It. Yeah, or you just go to the tried and true uh, drums rhythm stuff, which is like there's still a ton of untapped potential in that in just that alone. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. It's it's all about having to turn something that is analog into something that is digital, <laughs> and yeah. the there's something lost in that translation. So you have to. Yeah, figure out another workaround in a way to make it be the the idea of what you want people to get out of it. Right. Like maybe I don't know. And then you have to look then like what's cool like with Rhythm Rumble is that you're combining like rhythm game mechanics with other types of game, like yeah. other genres, yeah. which is so cool because really when you think about it, all a lot of the other like especially skill based genres are just rhythm games without the explicit rhythm because you have to jump at a certain time and yeah. you know yeah that's that's a, a lot of the well I was mainly inspired like by Crypto the Necro Dance yes. came up with the because like I and I I like I read an article or something um where the, they described the how they came to the conclusion of making this game like this is they liked roguelikes and they liked um they I think they really liked turn based roguelikes but the genre was moving towards you know um, action RPGs and stuff, action roguelikes, um, and so they wanted to make something where like you could get the feel of turn-based gameplay, but you still had to, you still had to like think on your feet like an action game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they combined the two and they came up with this rhythm-based uh, system. Oh, that's, that's so cool! And so I took inspiration from that because like I really want people. Um, oh man, and, and we we uh, at playtest was like over the week over this weekend, which was really nice. I got to see this happen in real life. Um, but like. Uh, I really wanted people to get the understanding of fighting games. Uh, but I think that a lot of fighting games are really fast paced and hard for people to wrap around. So they'll just mash buttons and stuff and like things happen and it's cool. Uh-huh. And that's not a bad thing, but like I, right. and I, it, and it works. It, yeah. Oh yeah. And it all works. Right. <laughs> that's like the hardest reason. This, the, that's the, I think the biggest barrier for people to mm-hmm. learning fighting games is that not knowing how to do it also works. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like, yeah, for a little for a little bit of time, like you're almost you'll be better than somebody who kind of knows what they're doing if you're just mashing buttons, yeah. because like if they, they don't know enough to deal with whatever you're mashing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I I came up with this idea because like I wanted people to think on the beat, and so like instead of mashing buttons, they had to think about all the actions they were doing each each beat, 
Um, cause if you just mash buttons, you'll get punished. Like you can still do it, but it's not nearly as effective as it would be in like street fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so like while you're, while you're doing that and you have to slow down your pace of gameplay, you start thinking about each action you're doing on each beat because uh. you need to compete with your opponent who is also doing actions on the beat. Um, and so like I, I was, I'm. I saw that happen at playtests and stuff. Like people were picking up on that, and it just it felt really good. Oh, that's so cool! <laughs> Yay! My game design was vindicated. <laughs> you know, well, that's, that's a big awesome. deal because the last time you had it at playtest, you were having trouble <laughs> communicating it to players, yes. right? Yeah, I think so. People, what changed? Oh, uh, we put like a tutorial in, and I put a lot of effort into making it clear when you're on when you're on beat. Um, and I, I made it less sensitive. I think it. I mean, it's still hard still because like the the um the beat detection is still off, but um. There's a lot of other things that give you feedback, like the four uh, pulses and stuff. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of other things, yeah, on that you can look at. And I, I kind of like during playtests, I told people just pay attention to the floor or whatever instead of like trying to get people to do it on beat because it wasn't working right. Yeah. Um. But like all of that stuff, I think helped. And I think especially the tutorial in the beginning, all I did is like, there's this one frame that tells you all the controls, and then there's another frame that allows players to like try to be on the beat or follow the the floor music or the floor beats. Um. And so, like, they'll practice with that, and they'll be like, oh, okay, I kind of get it now. Or they won't get in, they're like, let's just try it anyways. Yeah. And then they eventually, like, pick up on it as they play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that that all basically, I think, worked. the tutorial, I think, is the main thing that really helped with it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that, like, I think there's a lot of uh, potential with rhythm games to basically turn turn-based games, which a lot of, I think a lot of the industry is moving away from this turn-based games, and, like, bring them into a more action-based setting. There's a bunch of like things that could work for that. I mean, ultimately, uh, uh, the those combine those things and you just get real time tactics. Yeah, right? basically, yeah. But like, it's 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 still slow enough where you can think about your actions. Right, right. Yeah, or at least it can be. Um, I guess if you get a BPM that's too fast, then it's basically <laughs> then it doesn't matter. But yeah, like you yeah. know, it, it that can help with it. It can also give you the feeling of being like really skilled when we might not be able to compete at that highest level in a game that it's not constrained that way mm-hmm. like i think that's what you've been saying before but it makes like sounds like it would make it more accessible to people who want the feeling of that but don't want to spend 80 billion hours trying to become that good yeah like one day they can they can feel what it feels like to be the grandmaster of smash yeah yeah <laughs> well yeah i like the uh, rhythm rumble rewards you for being on beat so like even if you're not good at fighting games or the ideas and concepts around fighting games you can still be good at rhythm games and have an advantage over somebody who's good at fighting games but doesn't have any rhythm um, that balance i think is going to be something that i'm sure you need to calibrate and then yeah. you need to decide which matters more to you yeah because you want this game to teach people to play fighting games yeah but if it rewards people who are good at rhythm games then I'll be good at it and I'll never learn how to play fighting games. Right. <laughs> and that's not what you want. Exactly. Right. I think I'm leaning more towards fighting games than the rhythm games, but yeah. uh, I still want people to feel advantageous if they have a good rhythm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but you're right. That's, it's going to be a, mm-hmm. a difficult balance to, to strike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And you have to decide um, what to let go of at a certain point. Like, mm. you know, if, if you want it to be really about, ultimately, you want high level players to be the types of people who bring fighting game skills. Yeah. Then you need. Then the rhythm component becomes an extra challenge upon it, and that's a good thing. Yeah. But if you want it to be something where the rhythm experience is some is is the is the track up the skill ladder, mm-hmm. then maybe you have to sacrifice some of the teaching people uh, fighting game mechanics. Stuff, yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. It's a uh, yeah yeah. It's it's it, I'm 
really enjoying working on the design of this game because yeah. like there's a lot of that tuning, a little fine tuning that nobody Which else is your feel. favorite thing, right? It is. I love it. <laughs> <sighs> just turning all the knobs yep. and <laughs> just changing the number from point 0.1 to point 0.15. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um what what rhythm games y'all really enjoy playing? I'm curious. I really love rock band. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I played it a lot. I've talked to on the show before about how I did the rock band network thing where I That's would submit right. tracks uh, to it. And that was a really fun little business I ran. But as in order to do that, I needed to do this. It was all based on uh, mutual playtesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, we didn't submit to harmonics. Everybody in the community played each other's tracks. And then after a certain threshold of approval, it was actually a fairly cumbersome system ultimately. Mm-hmm. But in order to participate in that, um, I did weekly events where I had a bunch of my friends over and we called it um, the... Um, um, we had a funny name for it I forget what it was <laughs> but we had like a funny name for where we got together like the sort of playtest squad and, mm-hmm. and we would um, basically play all these other tracks from other people and then I would be sitting on the couch taking notes that then I would then put into the system mm-hmm. and so I was kind of advantaged over other playtesters uh, 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 author playtesters because I had a bunch of people helping me with that part Oh yeah, but uh, it was under the guise of them having fun and, and hearing music they'd never heard before Yeah, so that was kind of good but even that wasn't sustainable ultimately right. but I, I mean I love everything about rock band mm-hmm. um, I particularly love the drums yeah because it's basically just playing the drums yeah yeah Um, that is quite a lot of fun yeah um and you know and it helps when you're a little good at it and i think that's why i like it so much it's because like i'm a multi-instrumentalist but i'm not a great musician yeah but i'm definitely good enough to be good at rock band yeah (laughs) well that's what's really cool about those games like guitar hero and rock band is that like they give you the experience of being a cool rock star and stuff without you having to learn how to play guitar yes and it and i mean i think it helps you it can help you a little bit learning how to play like those instruments it does it does for um vocals especially mm-hmm. beatles rock band because oh. it has a it has a harmony uh a, um a setup where you can have plug in three microphones oh wow that's cool it's incredible huh. uh, you can have seven players playing that game huh. um uh, and drums of course yeah. but i will say that um high level guitar play yeah never interested me oh okay i never wanted to be good at through the, fl- the fire through flames whatever that song is called i never wanted to be good at that okay um but i definitely wanted to play my favorite music um, and and play on hard mode on songs I liked. Yeah. Right. So people come to rhythm games for a lot of different reasons. Right. I definitely didn't play the music I didn't like, even if the gameplay was good. Mm-hmm. And I definitely preferred drums and vocals over guitar because mm-hmm. it was more like actually playing the instruments. Yeah. Um, and that's what's great about a game like that is it it can people can love it for different reasons, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. For but sure. I haven't found a lot of others that I love. I always want to do like the like. Um, what the Donkey Kong? Uh, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong, like the, which is the platformer that Don- you play oh, with the Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. Yeah, I that's love that fun. Game. Or or the or the original game. Yeah. Uh, um. Or any of that stuff. Or any of the many arcade games that have uh, uh, drum controllers and stuff. But I just have not been able to get any of, in mm. any of those. Well, I think those are different beats beasts to deal with. I guess because yeah. like, well, well, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. It was it was really just a platformer, but you used bongos. So like, when you did stuff, it made noise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think it was actually really a rhythm game. Somewhere. Oh, there wasn't rhythm components. Um, not really. Not as a prime game element. Anyway. I mean, I well, it's been a long time since I played it. I I, mm-hmm. I lost the game, so I don't I haven't been able to play it in a while. Aww. But um, uh, I mean, I don't like know. In, I, in a poker game or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I just lent it to a friend like a long time ago and forgot to get it, and maybe they moved or something, <laughs> or we don't talk anymore. So it'd be kind of weird to say, "Hey, person, I've never talked to." Uh, Give me my game back. <laughs> but um, yeah, the way that worked is basically you just kind of slammed on the bongos and slamming on the bongos was fun. Uh-huh. So like that's that's a lot of why it was. But like it felt very um, it felt very different from other platforming games because of that. Yeah, because like each movement and, and I guess you doing it. 
I guess it was you needed to be rhythmic with the beating because then like uh, Donkey Kong moved faster mm. or moved more consistently. If you right, were and if you if you broke rhythm, maybe there was a you had to pick up your momentum again. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it was. So it wasn't it was it was more rhythmic of a rhythm game than like a song a simulator sort of yeah game, yeah yeah like yeah. Guitar Hero or something. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's more about keeping it steady. Yeah, well, which makes sense because like that's kind of how Congos work <laughs> with a lot of like in the it's like in the background it keeps the beat you know mm-hmm. yeah so it makes sense that it worked in that way that's so cool Martha what uh, what are them games are you into um I like Crypto the Necro Dancer mm-hmm. yeah uh I haven't gotten a chance to play Cadence of Hyrule yet but I really want to mm-hmm. and um I like this game called Audio Surf where it let you put your own like put music tracks from your computer uh, into the game mm-hmm. and then. Which you can do with Crypt of the Necro Dancer too, actually. Oh. Um, uh, but uh, then it, the audio surf will uh, generate a track based on the music that you put in, mm-hmm. and then you get to, and so you get to go along this track to your favorite music, and yeah. it's really fun. And that's the way I've been able to uh, side load a Irish music game. In. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that I, that's like a really cool niche subgenre is like those kinds of games where like you can put in music in like the game reacts to that music. There's like, um, well, there's the audio stuff like you're talking about, but there's also what's it called? Uh, Beat Saber. Well, well, that, I don't know. Beat if that Saber lets is you... more like a Guitar Hero thing. Like I think yeah. you have to purchase songs. Oh, got it. Okay. I think people have like hacked into it or whatever. Um, um, Audio Shield is one I think you can. Oh, I yeah. think Will accept any mm. music because it just bases on the waveform. I think. Yeah, I think I don't remember the interface on that's kind of tricky. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but like there's this I can't remember the name of the game and I'll have to look it up. But like there's this a twin stick shooter where like you put it in and like all the enemies shoot to the music and stuff, or oh, like they'll cool. introduce more music or more instrument, no, more enemies based off of the songs. Yeah, that you you put in there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's Beat Hazard. That's what it's called. It's called oh, Beat Hazard. Cool. Yeah, that one was cool. Stuff like that. Like, but it's like a subgenre where like you put music in and like stuff comes from it. I kind of wanted to do that for Rhythm Rumble, but like it's too hard. And I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> right. You, I remember you were talking about how you have a way to read the BPM of a track, which yeah. is a solved problem, but it's also like um, you can get false results sometimes. Yeah. So it's not, you wouldn't necessarily be comfortable shipping something that wasn't reliable. Like well, that. yeah. And it's, it's difficult for players to also um, like do because like you got to put it in a folder or come up with some other system to do it. And like, yeah, I don't know. Ain't got time for that. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, that is definitely something that there a certain type of of that genre w- has fans who will go out of their way to customize various versions. Yeah. There are versions of Guitar Hero which are just like it's a whole separate app and it will take the tracks from Guitar Hero but also ones that are made separately mm-hmm. and there's no there's no background, it's just the note chart, no juice, just very simple because yeah. they're very obsessed with the mechanics. Yeah. And so you have lots of different like hacked versions of games or alternate versions or uh, homebrew versions of rhythm games mm-hmm. for people to continue that when it's no longer officially supported in the marketplace. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so when you say like you're not, that's not the customer you're after. Mm, right. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. It would be cool if people did that, but it, we're also kind of talking about like not releasing this on steam because uh, uh, steam hasn't been super uh, prolific for us for treasure stack. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We, we've been talking about maybe just doing it on switch. Yeah. Um, yeah uh but like i know that um there's like that there's that one rhythm game i think it's called osu that like a lot of streamers will like oh yeah yeah like a lot of streamers in between uh sessions of whatever game that they're streaming 
will like play that while they're waiting for stuff to load or whatever it is. It's just clicking. Yeah. On and it, very it, inappropriate backgrounds. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, I don't, how do you, it's like you have to move your mouse to the screen. I'm like moving my hand. Y'all can't see this. <laughs> you move your mouse to the screen and then you click it and then you like, you drag it based off of some trail that the music generates or something. And I don't really understand how the game works, but a lot of people like it. I think that like with those kinds of rhythm games, like um, they probably help you with um, your mouse mobility and stuff. So like it keeps you in the in the in the zone. Like it, it's like hand warmers, I guess. Like when you're mm-hmm. doing sports, stuff War- like that. Yeah, like warming up for a match. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. So it just keeps it keeps your fingers, you know, um, limber. limber. Yeah. Limber. <laughs> <Jeez>. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's interesting that I hadn't really considered is that like uh, it can be like rhythm games can feel kind of routine in a way that is um, good yeah I guess that probably is how my brother felt after he got really good at DJ Heroes he just kind of did it for the routine right until like you get into the zone yeah exactly yeah Yeah. which is something that rhythm rumble is not exactly because it's a 1v1 Mm -hmm. right Um, have you thought about having modes that are competitive that can be practiced so there's less randomness perhaps there's, there's more rhythm to it yeah uh, i had thought about that and like that is something i put in the design document or like part of the pitch or whatever and you'll get game. around to it maybe yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> i've just been focused on the fighting part of the gameplay yeah. and i think that um i don't know if, if we can get time for it i can try for something else i i guess the way i was thinking of it is like it would be more similar to a um a traditional rhythm game or like an enemy is coming at you and you got to hit a thing to the beat or something. Right, right. And it would maybe be the way it would be positioned is sort of like a test your might or yeah. that thing where, you, where a Ryu beats up a Honda. <laughs> yeah. Like a little side experience. Uh-huh. Right? Yep, yep, yep. Something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, that's something I would like to do, but I don't know if I'll have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be cool. Mm-hmm. The more rhythm. More rhythm in the rhythm rumble. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of games that have rhythm components that aren't rhythm games, yeah. you know? Uh, one of the fun examples is in the new Super Mario Brothers series. Um, mm. When you hear the the music, oh, the right. the Goombas and Koopas will dance to the music. Yeah, there'll be a point where it'll be like you know da 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 da, and on the like that on that note, uh, the Koopas will stop in place and just hop. Yeah, and so it actually changes up their pattern. Yeah. a little bit. I kind of don't like that. No, I, in, in gameplay, I, yeah. I think it's kind. I think it's cool, but I don't know that I. I don't. I also don't know that I like it for a Mario game, just mainly because like. I'm just trying to do it, and these people have consistent, like the Koopas and Goombas have consistent patterns, and then like the music is like, no, sucker, you're going to do it this way, and then it's like... Well, that's why you got to listen to the music but, and keep that in your mind as you do it. But I just so want to jump. You're ready. <laughs> yeah, you want to do it at your own pace, yeah. damn it. <laughs> no, I, I think that's a cool thing that like hasn't really been explored, and I don't think yeah. it wasn't really explored much in that game either. No, right? it's like a little Easter egg, if yeah. nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, I don't even if you are, it's not like it changes the, the pattern. Oh yeah, much I, I'm anything. not like hating Nintendo because they put yeah. this thing in. But like, but I like when those things when there's a little bit more of that in a game. Yeah, even if it's not expressly in like direct mechanics. Yeah, you know, I don't know. That there's a lot of other examples I could think of. Mm. But again, it, anything that makes a game more holistically designed, I'm into. So. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, like you can use that. Like you can use the music to, to tell a story but yeah. like not just that but also through the mechanics of the game yeah like, like i was like we were talking about with the like the jazz game we were talking mm-hmm. about um when you're doing stuff music comes from it like that would be cool yeah and like yeah, yeah. it could influence it can influence how you play the game 
And then you're more, you're encouraged to do things um, either on beats or on measures. Mm-hmm. So stealth games could really benefit from something like that. Where, oh, all the t- you, people wait for patterns all the time, yeah. but if that was tied to more musical phrasing, I think that would be, because you could still wait a while. But it yeah. would be like a dun 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 to go. Yeah, right? you know what I mean. Like it could be like that, um, and less about your actual uh, matching a beat and more about uh, um, uh, planning your strategy yeah. around a rhythm. That reminds me of Ape Out. I don't know if y'all have played that game. Oh yeah. Yeah, but like the, there's a system in place where whenever you take out, an, you're just this ape, and you throw <laughs> enemies, you throw enemies at walls and it kills them um, in splashes of blood. <laughs> um, but like every time you do that, like there's a cool like drum thing that comes up every time. Yeah, and like in the background, there's just this drums. There are these drums that go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, as you're like you're not consciously thinking of this as you're playing the game. Um, but like as you do it, like there's you know it's a cool improv drum thing that goes on, mm-hmm. um, which is really neat. Um, and then I think like each enemy you kill or like other different explosions and stuff that happen in the game also cause like their own sounds and stuff. So like it ends up feeling like like a, a whole drum solo that like you're completing as you're playing as this ape yeah trying to escape uh and then they call it ape oh that's a game you can't call it ape escape <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure somebody had that thought like oh man <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like that was a, that was a cool feature of that game that um was really neat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so that that's another example i think i don't i don't know if there's any other ones that i could come up with on the top of my hand but yeah well, I'm excited for Rhythm Rumble. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am too. I feel like it's, it is such a unique concept. I mean, it is, it's peerless, mm-hmm. I think. I'm, I'm so excited about that fact. Yeah. Um, and the fact that like, you're, you're the right person to make this game. <laughs> so like, yeah. I, I, I'm really excited to see well, it develop further. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I, mm-hmm. I hope that y'all can play it sometime soon too, our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, so when's it coming out? <laughs> don't ask that <laughs> is it going to be before or after Fingens? oh no <laughs> I would like to say after but we'll see <laughs> that's our show if you liked it leave us a 5 star review on your favorite podcast app and tell all your friends too if you are interested in any of the topics we talked about in this episode make sure to check out our website nicegames.club for more show notes and links to resources like with playtesting our games, we are always looking for feedback on the podcast. You can go to nicegames.club slash feedback to tell us what you think. Get in touch with us on Twitter at NiceGamesClub, where Dale tweets game dev resources and pictures of cats, or by email at contact at nicegames.club. Ask us your questions or give us suggestions for topics. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. Dale says bye. (laughs) As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.